0: Welcome to Need to Know Nutrition, the podcast that truly hopes all of your ups and downs happen in the bedroom. I'm really excited to bring you today's podcast. I was lucky enough to speak to Christine Deloja, acupuncturist, herbalist, and sexual health specialist. Christine focuses on a patient's sexual goals and helps males, females, and all orientations and identities when it comes to sex. Now, this woman is an absolute wealth of knowledge. Just to give you a little background, Christine studied biology and psychology at the University of Rochester, where she trained to be a research scientist. She holds master's degrees in acupuncture, traditional Chinese medicine, and counselling. During her education, she also studied Chinese dietary therapy and earned a certification as a holistic nutritional counsellor. Always rather obsessed with diet, nutrition, and natural health, Christine's philosophy is rooted in an evidence-based understanding of the physiological effect of food on the body while honoring the wisdom of traditional Chinese medicine. She treats every patient holistically as an individual and wishes to use her unique skill set to help others in a kind, loving way. Now, during this episode, we discuss all things sexual health and also dive into Christine's book, Diet for Great Sex. It's time to get hot and heavy, naturally with this educational and fun interview with Christine Delosia. So it's really lovely to have you here, Christine. Welcome all the way from New York. Thank you so much for having me. Now, can I just say it has actually taken all of my willpower not to sit here and basically reread your book out loud. (laughs) I was nearly going to rename this episode to Audiobook Reading by Belinda Martinella because I enjoyed it that much. Now, before I launch into this incredible book, I know that our listeners and I would love to know a little bit more about you. So you're an acupuncturist and a herbalist. Now, what inspired you to specialize in sexual health? Well, actually, you know, so I've always been kind of obsessed with
1: a natural approach to health in general. And so, you know, as an acupuncturist, we treat a lot of back pain, neck pain, because it's supported by research. But one day I was treating one of my patients for back pain and he asked if I could do anything to help him have stronger erections. And I said, sure, we can try. You know, I haven't treated it before. I've been used to treating a lot in, you know, the standard back, neck, you know, headaches, that sort of thing. So we gave it a whirl, um, you know, in a <laughs> in kind of a, you know, sheepish way, because one of the points that I wanted to use with this particular patient was in the perineum. And it's, you know, the area, it's a very intimate area. And I, you know, very sheepishly said, you know, would you mind if we do that? And I was worried that he was, you know, going to think I was a pervert or something, you know, because <laughs> I'm not a gynecologist. I'm not a proctologist or, a you know, <laughs> um, or a urologist, uh, if you will. But um, yeah, he was he was very comfortable with it. And the next time I saw him, he was just, so happy with the results. And then right after that, I had a few more patients who came in with the same story. And so I thought, this really has the capacity to bring a lot to people's lives. And um, it's something that's really hard to treat, quite honestly. So it's hard to treat for, you know, biomedicine. It's hard to treat, period. So the fact that these Uh, people were getting such good results, just made me want to focus on it more and just kind of expand it to not only, you know, men's health, but all who seek it. So that's kind of what got me there. Um, As far as the nutritional end of things, I've I've always kind of been obsessed with that. Um, And, uh, you know, always I'm a foodie. I love food. I like taking pictures of my food to the annoyance of, you know, sometimes (laughs) my friends, because I want to get it just right. And I, I like the aesthetic of it. So, um, you know, but before, when I was an undergraduate, I had trained to become a research scientist in my program. I was in this honors program, which um, trained students to conduct scientific research. So I didn't pursue a career in that, but I did bring all of that to the book. And, you know, I wanted to write a fun, you know, fun book, but I also wanted to make sure everything was backed by science. You know, and you're, you know, you focusing on nutrition, you can appreciate that if you tell somebody to eat something and that it's good for them, you better have some reason why and, you know, some kind of evidence to support it. So I wanted to make sure that every single thing in there, that there was a reason why, you know, because um, you know, Great sex is not just a psychological phenomenon. It's not just the right person, the right mood. It's about when our nerves are firing strong, rapid impulses to and from the genitals for pleasure, for sexual function. It's when our sex hormones are balanced and it's when our blood vessels are delivering great blood flow. So, food, I found with all of this, you know, these countless hours of poring over the research that food very much affects these you know food can very much affect pleasure both in the short term and the long term and that's the whole basis of the book
0: now you have so you've said you've written this book and may i just say it is incredible the book is called diet for great sex and again can i just say that the opening three words they had me hook line and sinker: hot sex naturally i just love it now when did you decide that you actually wanted to write this book Well, (laughs) I kind of was like,
1: you know, when I would bring my patients in and talk to them, you know, I'm an acupuncturist. I'm not a nutritionalist. You know, I did, I have taken coursework in nutrition. I have a certification as a holistic nutritional counselor, and I took Chinese dietary therapy, things like that. But when I would see my patients, I was always asking them what they eat. And I wanted to help them see the connection between what they were eating and what kind of results they were going to be getting and how they could support what we're doing, you know, in the office. And so I was developing dietary plans and I was explaining to people why they should eat X, Y, and Z and how that was going to help them sexually. And I just thought, you know what, let's, I already knew some of the science behind it because I had just, you know, with my patients in mind, I just wanted to see how far I could push the limit with that. How, how, how comprehensive could we make this, you know? And um, so that just kind of inspired me. It was kind of a challenge. It was kind of something to give to my patients and in a, you know, comprehensive form, not just me piecemeal t- talking at them for, you know, 10 minutes about, you know, about diet, but something that was actually, they could,
0: you know, really dive into. Absolutely. And there's over 400 references in your book. It just shows <laughs> how deeply you did dive into the research. It was incredible. Some of the papers too, I was like, this is amazing amazing in your book you talk about the trifecta of great sex so can you explain this to our listeners yeah you know so we all know that sex hormones affect
1: you know affect our libido it affects sexual function it affects you know arousal and all those things um we we know that blood flow is important for males to get an erection you know um we know that um those of us who may suffer from things like diabetes know that, you know, that diabetic neuropathy, that slowing of the nerve can, can, you know, mess around with, you know, sexual function. But really, you know, those three things are what make for great sex. You know, when you have nerves that are firing these strong, rapid impulses from the genitals to the spine, from to the brain, and back again, you're going to get strong arousal, you're going to get great lubrication, you're going to get, um, you're going to get more pleasure when your partner or yourself, you know, when you touch yourself, because those nerves are more receptive, and they're carrying that signal of pleasure to the brain, and they're responding with arousal. So um, your nerves are very, very important in sex, you know, most of us don't realize that we all know about blood What most people don't know is that it's really important for female sexual function too. We all know it's important for erections, but when there's better blood flow, there's more pleasure, there's easier orgasm, there's more lubrication for, for female. So we need to focus on that too, just as much. And it's not the sort of thing where you focus on it once you have a problem because something like blood vessels, and I'm kind of going off on a tangent a little bit, so I apologize about that, but blood vessels They've found that we start accumulating plaque in our blood vessels as early as you know in high school. When when they have when they do autopsies and look at people's blood vessels who have died um, in early adulthood, they find plaque accumulation. They find basically early heart disease, you know, early cardiovascular disease and, and plaque accumulation, which only gets worse as time goes on. So you were already starting to get those um th- those accumulations which stiffen blood vessels and which um, can inhibit, you know, can make for for worse sex, you know, because the, the cruel joke, if you will, that mother nature played on this is making our clitoral and penile arteries among the smallest in the body. So the first place that plaque accumulation shows up is there. It's in sexual function. And then thirdly, in this trifecta is, uh, let me see, we went through hormonal balance, nerve conduction, and blood flow. No, that's it. Those are the three. Yeah. That's the trifecta.
0: (laughs) Brilliant. Now I also love in your book, the road to great sex is paved with the right diet. So how does diet actually affect our sex lives? Well, diet affects that trifecta
1: of great sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, as, as a case study, you can take just something very simple like leafy greens. Leafy greens are one of the best things that you can have for better sex. And they, they, address this entire trifecta if you will Um, they have um they have substances in them that reduce the stress hormone cortisol and who of us doesn't have stress especially in our modern world we have a lot of stress we raise kids we go to work we deal with interpersonal conflict you know we don't take care of ourselves we stop for fast food all of these things So it reduces the stress hormone cortisol, which disrupts testosterone. And that's going to make for lower libido. It's going to make for a reduced sexual function in male and female, you know, biological male and females. And so um, it does, it it covers that that aspect of it. It has loads of antioxidants, which strengthen and speed nerve conduction. So they did studies, for example, with um, patients who had diabetes and were experiencing reduced sexual um, pleasure and function. And all they did was supplement them with antioxidants and their nerves fire stronger impulses. And we know that that does directly translate to better sex. And leafy greens also are great for our vascular system. So they have, they, they address this in many ways. For one, they have, their naturally occurring nitrates, which promote vascular health, they improve the elasticity of blood vessels, which makes them able to deliver more blood. They have a lot of potassium in it, which is something that we're sorely lacking in our diet. And, you know, potassium softens this delicate inner lining of blood vessels. And it kind of counteracts some of the damaging effects of things like sodium, you know, so humans, we used to take in about 10 times as much potassium in our diets as we did sodium. Now with our processed food diet, we take in about 10 times as much sodium and that kind of wreaks havoc on our blood vessels. So, um, you know, we even know that within 30 minutes of eating a really salty meal, uh, blood vessels are measurably stiffer. If you have a potassium rich meal, it's actually the opposite. Within 30 minutes, they're measurably more elastic. So uh, that's just one example of how food affects sex and there's lots of them the whole book is filled with them yeah
0: <laughs> and i love too that the simple dietary inclusions you actually have the power to change these things almost immediately do i recall there was one part in your book about um an addition of certain things perhaps it was antioxidants it was either that or the greens but within sort of an hour half an hour to an hour things had started to change
1: Yeah, there's actually, um, you probably haven't gotten to this part in the book yet because you had said you were just at the end. (laughs) Um, There's actually a a date night sex menu and what it's filled with are things that were shown in research to actually have a measurable effect on, you know, aspects of sexual function in the short term. So for example, if you eat a high fat, a a high fat meal, it's going to do two things. First of all, it's going to measurably stiffen blood vessels secondly it's actually going to sharply drop testosterone so it's definitely not a date night you know thing on the other hand um, omega-3 rich fats like something like salmon or walnuts had the opposite effect on blood vessels and made them more you know measurably more elastic Um, same thing with sugar you have a high sugar meal say that dessert and it's going to tank testosterone in the short term Whereas things like potassium, things like polyphenols, those all actually helped um, helped sexual function by helping deliver more blood flow and making um, arteries uh, function at a better a better level. Or, or in the case of the dietary nitrates, it, it dilates them, so it just actually just brings more blood to the to where we want it.
0: Yes. And now, what about women in particular, or women's sexual function? How does diet affect women? So.
1: Women, you know, the
0: the the thing
1: about it is, most of the function, you know, the effect of diet on sex is very similar in mechanism for male and female. Um, with women in particular, you know, we for sexual health we function more optimally with higher estrogen levels and, and lower testosterone levels, but testosterone is also important for males, it's the opposite. So um, our diet very much affects um, this balance of hormones. So things like, you know, even like your omega threes, for example, this whole remember that orgasm can kind of kind of equates to dopamine, you know, the release of dopamine, you know, so a critical step in, you know, player in this dopamine pathway is omega three fatty acids in the brain, they're very abundant in the brain, and our bodies can't produce them. So we need to take them in from from our diet. And there, there aren't a lot of foods that have a lot of them, but we should be eating either some fish or some some of those seeds and nuts that have a good amount of them. But, um, you know, that's so that's critical for hormonal balance. But of course that's, you know, that's kind of important for both, you know, male and female sexual health. You know, I think what's under recognized is just how much attention the female body has to pay to things like nerve conduction and things like blood flow, you know, we just didn't think of it in the past, we didn't think it was that important, you know, because let's face it, we can have sex whether it's good or not, you know, it works still, you know, it's not like the male body where you have to have an erection in order to even get things going. We can just sit there and not like it. And, you know, (laughs) but but yeah,
0: so that's pretty much it. But they're, yeah, they're pretty similar, really. So can you give us a little bit of an insight into the actual diet? You've already mentioned a few of those delicious uh, foods, you know, the salmon, the omega-3s, the walnuts and those beautiful leafy greens. Is there anything else that you can give us a few little tidbits about the actual diet?
1: Yeah, yeah. So the diet is very rich in um, vegetables and fruits for, for sure, because those are what bring all of those those components that you know that the, the rich antioxidants, for example, that speak nerve conduction, that it brings the um, all the potassium that you know makes blood vessels more elastic. You know, it brings the the, the zinc that balances testosterone and op- helps op- optimize testosterone. All those things. Like leafy greens are a core core component. I think everybody should be eating way more leafy greens. So for example, you know, humans, we don't really know what to eat. You know, it's like other animals, they know what to eat. We don't really know what to eat. You know, we've lost our instincts. We've, we've overthunk it, you know, we, and then we ask other people, what should we eat? You know, what's, what's good? What's, what's healthy? You know, I mean, squirrels don't do that. You know, they naturally know what they should eat. You know, deer, they nibble on things that are, that are good for them. We kind of have, um, have lost that. But if you look at other primates, um, you will see no matter what their intake of, other, of other things, they do sit around eating leaves, you know, a good portion of their time. And they do eat a lot of fruit, which has a lot more fiber in it. So um, that's a, a big core of it. The, the further you get away from kind of what something looked like growing in the ground or in its natural form, generally the worse it is for sex. So that's kind of a basic um, premise. I mean, certainly keeping your sugars low. Um, you know, one, one very small step that you can do to introduce a healthier diet without maybe just, you know, re- causing complete uh, upheaval into your lifestyle is focus on lunch. And I think that's a, that's a great way because if you can try to, let's say, just on the days that you go to work, have a big leafy green salad, bring in some cruciferous vegetables, and, you know, those bring a lot to sex, and we can talk about why. They, you know, they help balance hormones and they, they bring a lot of other you know, anti-inflammatory properties to the table. Have some cruciferous in there and have it with either a baked potato or a yam. First of all, we're going to get a lot of that potassium that we're looking for, because I think I read this study like 97 percent of Americans aren't getting enough potassium. Um, it's just hard. It's hard to come by. It's not something that is in a lot of food. You, there's really a short list. There's like six or seven foods that actually contain anything more than like 20% of your RDA. It's like squash, yams with the skins on them, baked potato with the skins, oranges, mangoes, bananas. I think that's most, that covers most of the commonly eaten ones. So you really have to get, oh, and leafy greens, get in two or three of those every day. So if you have your lunch with your big leafy green salad and then your baked yam or your baked potato you're covering a lot of those you're hitting a lot of those targets for the day in that one meal.
0: Now I was going to ask you how you came up with this diet plan but now we know how much research you've actually done so I feel like that almost answers that question but I guess that also begs the question how do you know it actually works?
1: So we know it by in two ways. We know from the research and we know from the outcomes of patients. So we know, for example, um, that, uh, increasing antioxidants makes actually directly translates to better sexual function. We we've actually studied that because we know the effect on, on nerve conduction, nerve speed, that sort of thing. Uh, we all, you know, I also see it with my patients. I've seen patients who, let's say you take one meal. So the, the, date night sex menu, you know, that one single meal, we know that in research that it, you know, it has, it it measurably improves blood flow, but you know, how much effect does that actually have on a night of lovemaking, you know Um, from my experience, it's subtle, but noticeable, but take into consideration this, I mean, nitric oxide, what you get these naturally occurring nitrates from things like beets and leafy greens. Um, they directly dilate blood vessels and that translates to better blood flow. But, you know, how much do they dilate them? Well, you know, in one study, they gave participants a single serving of spinach, just one serving of spinach. And then they measured their their diet, their salivary uh, nitric oxide. And two hours afterwards, it was eight times baseline. So that's a big, that's a big effect. I mean, nitric oxide is one of those key players in that, sequence of, you know, engorgement or erection, and it's one of the ones that they capitalize on in, you know, something like Viagra. So it's, you know, it does have a significant effect. Eating like this in the long term is obviously going to make for way better sex. And you, you can't expect, you know, to go from, you know, for example, never having erections to, you know, having like a thriving sex life in one meal, you know, you oh I had my date night sex meal. So it's, we're okay. You know, that that's not how it works. But um, it does, you know, it doesn't give you some measurable effect in one meal. Then I've seen people carry it on for longer and they have better. They do have better sex. They have easier orgasms. I mean, they're impressed by how much better they're feeling and how much more enjoyable sex is for them. And, you know, one of the things that I think is the biggest complaint among my female patients is difficulty orgasming and um, libido, low libido. So a lot of times the, you know, um, their libido is out of match with their partner and it causes a lot of conflict between the two of them. Some of this is, you know, based on sex differences. Some of this is based on cultural differences in, in not really inadequately addressing Um, female pleasure you know just it's a it's a societal problem it's a it's a very big societal problem like we don't view female pleasure as being as important as male pleasure but um, part of it is just the hormones you know it's just the hormonal balance and it's all of these things that when we eat better we do have better sex you know Um, so uh, yeah so it's it's definitely noticeable good results.
0: Now what if you already have good sex or what you would consider good sex will this diet still help?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, uh, we can measure this. We know that certain meals are going to tank your testosterone and other meals are going to preserve your testosterone levels. You know, some some are going to make your blood vessels more stiff, others are going to make them more elastic. So that's just one meal and that's for everybody, not just people who have coronary, you know, heart disease or anything like that. Um, this, yeah, it's for, it's for everybody. And, you know, it strengthens nerve conduction. Who doesn't want better nerve conduction, you know, or more blood flow or less plaque accumulation in their arteries. One of the things about this plaque accumulation, remember we talked about how even, you know, these people in high school have this plaque accumulation on their arteries. This has long been thought to be something that's progressive and irreversible plaque accumulation um, leading to eventual, you know, um, cardiovascular issues. But recently in the last you know, 10 years or so, they're finding that's not entirely true. You know, they leafy greens are one of the few things that actually have been found in research to reduce that plaque accumulation to some degree, you know, to to some degree. It's not like, um, you know, it's not going to bring you from like, you know, 90% occlusion to like 5% occlusion, but it's, you know, they found it to be at least effective. And if you're actually reversing it, imagine how if you start early on, that's not only just reversing, but it's actually preventing that whole trajectory of plaque accumulation.
0: It's so amazing, isn't it? And do you know, the other thing I love about leafy greens is they can grow all year round and they're very easy to grow as well. So I feel like Mother Nature, she already knows, doesn't she? Yeah,
1: (laughs) I've been amazed, quite honestly, I've read these, um, I was reading this Native, I do stuff like this, I I sit around reading what Native Americans ate, because, you know, I I just want to go do some of that. So I was amazed to discover just how many of the leaves that I find on my daily walks in, you know, hiking in the woods are actually edible. You know, maple leaves. I've got maple leaves all over the place. And I had no idea. People at one point in history in certain, you know, certain cultures have eaten maple leaves. Um, Another one was sassafras leaves, which the roots we make uh, ginger beer, you know, we make like these, you know, sassafras Um, teas and things like that with them, which I've helped my kids and I have um, dug them up and, you know, boiled them and stuff to make our own little, you know, ginger beer or whatever. But the leaves are edible and they taste really good too. And then when you get something that's picked directly from the forest, you can bet that it's growing under, you know, the soil is not depleted, like in farming, it's got the maximum nutrients. um, And so that it's just absolutely wonderful for you
0: you have mentioned a few already, but I feel like maybe uh, repetition works like a charm. So we'll go back over it anyway. So there are foods that are bad for sex. So which ones are they, Christine?
1: Okay. So high fat, but not all fats are the same. Okay. Um, But definitely, you know, greasy, fried, definitely not good. You know, overdoing it with oils. Oils are very concentrated sources of fat. And we kind of tend to overdo it, especially with things like olive oil, because we think, oh, it's a good fat. So, you know, we douse things in olive oil and that, that too, though, can add to that total fat and still slow things down. You know, in Chinese medicine, we say it slows the qi, you know, it's cloying and heavy and, and we want the qi to flow, you know, freely and abundantly. Um, High sugar, refined sugars. And what's even worse is Sugar and fat combination, like the two of them together present unique inflammation, which of course is bad for that entire trifecta of great sex. Um, so processed foods in general. So, oh, and then salt is another one. So basically sugar, salt, and fat are the um, trifecta for bad sex, you know? So that's the ones, those are the ones we want to stay away from.
0: Now, I've also heard, you just mentioned dart uh, Chinese medicine. So I've heard in traditional Chinese medicine that they believe that limiting sex is good for your health. So how does Chinese medicine actually promote sexual health?
1: Okay, so um, I took a little issue with that in my book because if you ask any of my colleagues, you know, this is what we're this is what we're taught. You know, we're taught in school, you know, that that yeah, too much sex is going to deplete the essence. You know, the 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 heart of the essence, the male essence is sperm, the female essence is menses, and too much sex, particularly for males, takes that that essence of life and just shoots it out. You know, it just throws it away Uh, when it could. In, instead of doing that, it could, you know, flow along the spine and nourish the, the brain, you know, the sea of chi is, is how it's understood traditionally. But what I did find, you know, being the nerd that I am, is I found that that wasn't always the case in China. That was the case pre-Confucianism, you know, which was, I thought was really interesting. Before that, it was like, oh, have as much sex as you possibly can. And it was, it was not only just a common practice, it was an institutionalized practice among royalty. So if you were an emperor, you would have like 80, it was all multiples of three. You would have like 81 concubines, you'd have your queen, you'd have your second wives, and you would be having mad sex with all of your concubines because it was thought to so nourish this essence that once you on the full moon had sex with the queen you were going to produce this strong intelligent you know wonderful heir to the throne that's why you had so much sex was to do that but confucianism came with confucianism you know it was used by governments as philosophy as a way to have increasing control over its people including you know aspects of their personal lives so I myself do believe that that politics did have some, you know, hand in this new found medical philosophy, philosophy because, you know, keep in mind, um, Chinese medicine was very much formed within dynasties. You know, uh, the the physicians to the emperor and that sort of thing. Those were the most you know, prolific writers because you know they were considered the most, the best, you know,
0: in those times. Now, what are your top three diet tips to start making things hot naturally in the bedroom?
1: Okay, so <laughs> my, my top tip is um, what we talked about, t- changing lunch, you know, start with one thing and enjoy food because food, I, I cannot, I wouldn't be able to follow a diet that prevented me from enjoying food. I'm a foodie, I like to eat and I especially like to eat when I'm with my friends. You know, when I'm, you know, with my friends and family and we're socializing, I don't want to be the person who brings a salad with them, you know, so I feel like we should have um, a routine that really nourishes and cares for our body, but also allows us to enjoy food and, you know, participate in social gatherings and things like that. And I think the best way to do that is to have a really, you know, just a very, well thought out week, work week, you know, meals, and then maybe loosen up a little bit on the weekends. You know, I'm not talking about just, you know, going hog wild and binging or, you know, something like that. It's not like that. It's just more like just having a structure that allows, allows for that. Um, We all know that diet culture and trying to beat our bodies into submission or, you know, uh, be a, a certain weight or, you know, all of these things. Um, they kind of set us up for not liking ourselves very much and, and kind of failing at, at, at just overall caring for our bodies. So uh, yeah, something that, that allows you to um, to live. Uh, so that would be my biggest piece of advice. Um, the other thing is, let's see, dietary tips is try to make room for cooking at home. And that's a really tough sell for some of us because we're so busy. It's a tough sell for me. Um, myself because even for me, which I know obviously how important nutrition is because we have such busy lifestyle. So that can be a tough call. What I, what I ended up doing to force my kids to eat salads, for example, is I just decided, you know what, every time, every time I go to the public market and I get these beautiful heads of lettuce and produce and all these beautiful fruits and vegetables. You know, I put them in my fridge and then, uh, you know, two weeks later, I put, take them out again and throw them directly into the garbage, you know, because <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm busy, you know. <laughs> so I decided, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to bite the bullet and I'm just going to buy um, these. I have this place down the street from my house that I can get delicious organic pre-made salads and they are kind of expensive. But I figure it's worth it for my family. It's worth it for me. The, the convenience is totally you know, totally does it. And then I can add that to kind of whatever meal that I take, you know, that I take in. And um, the other thing is, you know, you can eat kind of anything you want if you really make a conscious effort to bring in some good things with it. So if, you know, if, if my grandmother made a big piece of lasagna, which has the, you know, the trifecta of bad sex in it, Um, I can eat the piece of lasagna and I have like a nice big salad with it. You know, that lasagna is delicious and it was prepared by somebody who cares about me. Um, There's actually certain cultures that believe that. Every meal you eat should be prepared by somebody who cares about you. And there's something just spiritually that really resonates with that. You know, we, our food should be kind of infused with like love and, you know, all those things, if that sounds totally um, fluffy, but.
0: <laughs> sounds so lovely, I reckon that. So,
1: you know, so that's, a, that's the way I see it is try to get your leafy greens in, you know, any
0: way you can and enjoy food. So well said, so well said, and some lovely information. And I feel like, too, it's those beautiful little baby steps. It's the small things that can make a big difference. Yeah, absolutely. So now I feel like maybe this question's a really lovely way to round out this incredible interview. So, Christine, how can we make sure that our bodies reach our sexual potential? We should
1: start with um, just a premise of kindness um, and So that means being kind to ourselves. It means being kind to our partners. And, you know, our society is more individualistic, I think, than ever before in human history. You know, we're we're kind of a selfie culture. We take tons of photos of ourselves all the time. We're, you know, it's, it's very much a me culture and what can I get? And, you know, sometimes we do have to remember that giving is the most beautiful uh, way to experience life. And that it goes into the bedroom as well, you know, thinking about our partner as an equal and focusing on their pleasure, but also bringing kindness to ourselves. So um, that, that includes feeding our human body with, uh, with all of these beautiful things that mother nature intended, you know, to nourish, to nourish it. And, you know, when we eat in accordance with the design of, of humans, we have the best sex possible.
0: Christine, thank you so much for such an informative, entertaining and downright interesting interview. Now, like I said, I've I've read most of this book. So trust me, if you're listening, you need to get your hands on it. Not only <laughs> does it dive into the foods, but there's also these lovely sections. As you said, I really I've skipped, I skipped, uh, skipped a little bit to the pregame eating for a hot date, as well as like you mentioned, that date night sex menu and the bonus section at the back, a few tips to give you some game in the bedroom you can just never stop learning.
1: Thank so you, you so much for having me on your show, Belinda. Oh, it's
0: been a pleasure. It's such a pleasure. It's just so great. So if you want to nurture great sex and unlock the secret to promoting hot sex naturally, then really be sure to order yourself a copy of Diet for Great Sex. You can actually purchase it straight from your website, can't you, Christine? Um, uh, yeah, it actually takes you to Amazon, to, to, but you can.
1: Yeah, my, my website is Diet for Great Sex, but you can just order it from Amazon directly too.
0: Yeah, awesome. And if our listeners want to follow you on social media, you're there too, aren't you? At Diet for Great Sex. Yep. Lovely. Thanks again, Christine. This has been so great.